Sasha Gray. And my name is David Guy Levy. And this week we have an awesome guest. Pretty cool. We're very excited about having. He came in all the way from Madrid. Not just for us. I wish I could say it was just for us, but he's here and that's what matters. Nacho Vigalando. Nacho Vigalando. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Oh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's send in the therapist, William, and then we'll get to know Nacho here. You did it again, David. I'll always I'm learning, do it. I'm learning to tune <laughs> you out when you say people's names. Hi, ladies. <laughs> Ariana. Hi. No, Sandra. no, I can't do that one out. Hi. Marcia. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the Hi, show. Hi, Marcia. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, it's um, just and tilted a little. Oh. It's too down now. Be comfortable. I'm totally comfortable. Okay. So this 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 massage thing is like a I am perfect. Ready to wear. Real massage. It's like a polygraph, right? I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell the truth all the time. You have to tell the truth all the time. Whatever is best for depression. A little bit of everything, I guess. Let's care about my mental health today. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spend the whole day the whole day in a car going from here to there. In fact, that that is the last three months of my life. I haven't stopped it. Yeah. Do you have any accidents or injuries? No, 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 I don't, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I checked my body, it didn't have any injuries. So. Okay, good. When did you check last? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> How are you this week, Sasha? I'm good. Yeah? You know, I've been gone for a while. Well, we were both gone for a while. A lot of traveling. So I'm just getting caught up. Which is difficult to do. The hustle and bustle. But it's it's L.A., so you, you oh, yeah. something that should take you oh, weekends, it's taking good. you two weeks, because you spend half your life in the car. Yeah. So, Nacho, um, tell us uh, how you would explain yourself to everyone listening today. How do you describe yourself in the world? Uh, uh, which, which, uh, you mean the situation? Uh, anything, but like, who anything. are you? What do you do? Okay, Ex- so explain just, it from your own words. Uh, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker receiving a massage this moment. <laughs> That's all I can remember about myself. Yeah, I made a, I made a bunch of movies. The last one is uh, Open Windows, which is already on BOD here in US, and it's gonna be on selected theaters in November. And it's started by the gorgeous Sasha Gray. Oh yes, yeah. And it's uh, already doing very well in uh, on BOD, so everyone wants to check it out. It's Sasha hey. and Elijah Wood. Yeah. Uh, how did that <laughs> cast come about? Oh, the thing is, the thing is, um, I have to say that I'm so lucky to be friends with Elijah. Uh, this guy, I met this guy at Austin Fantastic Fest. Uh, this festival, uh, you may hear about this festival uh, um, before. Is um. He came to me. It was amazing. He came, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker from Spain, okay? Spain is, is I don't know, it's so close to Africa. I'm just, um, <laughs> I can say that I am a third world filmmaker. So the fact that a star like Elijah Wood came to me, excited because of my of my, my first movie, which is called Time Crimes. It's a time travel movie. It's one of my favorite films, by the way. Oh, really? I'll get back to that so later, good. but you go on. Oh, it's so, I don't remember anything from that movie anymore, but uh, at this moment, because I feel like, oh, these hands are erasing my memory somehow. <laughs> uh, 
So the thing is, um, uh, he came to me. He was so nice to me. It was like a shocking experience because I don't know. I never, I never thought in my life that could happen. Uh, Hollywood start coming to me, being so nice and so uh, enthusiastic uh, about my love, about my work. So yes, yeah, somehow I wrote the role for him, even if I wasn't sure he could make it. So I wasn't able to. I decided not to show him the script until it was fully financed and everything. So I, I don't. I didn't wanted to risk our friendship with uh, with the scripts and proposals. Um, so, uh, but in the case of Sasha, is the most is the most additional thing. I, the distribution company and the product the producers they gave me a list of proposals from them. Um, from all the names, uh, Sasha was my favorite from the very first time. So, Sasha, how was what was the process of getting to know Nacho and starting to work on it? Uh, the process was well. I only got to meet him and sit down with him once. Um, yeah. And at that point, it was just sort of a general meeting. I didn't really know if I was going to be cast or not. I just knew he was going to be here and like tried my hardest to make that happen. And um. He had sent me an animatic of the film, and I saw that. We went over that together, and, and then we just sort of kept in touch uh, through email and Skype um, up until the shooting of the film, and it was sort of, it, it kind of all rolled together really fast yeah. for me, not for Nacho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd been working on this for how many years, Nacho? Like yeah, I don't five, know, too much. The fact is, I, I made a... I made my second feature film during the pre-production of this one. So yeah. I had time to make another feature film in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah, sounds crazy. So that kind of puts things in perspective, but for me, obviously, it's a different process. And um, and we just, yeah, we just kept in touch and, and would speak through Skype um, or email. And, yeah. uh, and then once I arrived in Madrid... Um, I, you know, we were on set together almost every single day. Yeah, um, it was like Vietnam. Okay, you, you, came, you came to Madrid <laughs> and we started shooting from the very beginning. Uh, in a production like this, you don't have, a, you don't have a, the chance to work the um, rehearsal the way you, sh- yeah. you like. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty much like Vietnam. You reach the place and <laughs> you're shooting the next day. Yeah. Right, uh, off, right off the boat. Yeah. And maybe people should know. Maybe people listening now should know that this movie is taking place in real time in front of a computer screen. So everything that is on the screen is uh, as um, simulating webcam conversations. Uh, um, I don't know YouTube videos, um, hidden cameras, hidden cameras, all that stuff. So I have to say that. Um, and this is what I didn't like it about the process. It was so basically logistics. It was so complicated in terms of uh, camera positions and all the stuff we had to shoot in really few time. For example, there were sequences in which there were 15 cameras around at the same time. It was insane. It was totally insane. Um, I, I really enjoyed the process, but I wish I made, I made a... Sometimes I wish it, it was a normal movie so I could work with the actors, I could work the characters in a in a calm way. Yeah, I, but I'll say for me, personally speaking at least, I felt you did a very good job at not only paying attention to what you were actually having to shoot, the picture and, and the camera, but... Also to us, you know, I never felt like you left, sort of left us in in the cold or in the dark. You yeah. were still always there, 
I mean, we we were sh- shooting on a very strange schedule. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mostly nights. Only nights, yeah. And that was re- I mean, it's not natural. First of all, it's not natural. Yeah. It's very difficult on the mind and the body. But at like 4 a.m., Nacho was still there, a ball of energy, ready to answer any questions and and making me feel alive and like, okay, this is great. You know, making me want to be there. Because if your attitude had been different, um, you know, that would affect me and my performance, I think. But you really kept us like charging oh, along you. throughout. I also hear that. Uh, every night uh, later, I took the car and I was crying alone uh, <laughs> at home for the next five hours. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> how long? Uh, how long was the schedule on a film like this? It was. Uh, it was four weeks in, in Madrid. Five. Am I right? Five. Five. Five, five whole half. weeks. Wow, yeah. for a very complicated yeah. uh, procedural, uh, you know. For something that's very complex and pre-planned, that must have been just insane. Yeah, uh, I, I really appreciate what Sasha is saying, but I wish I had more. I wish I had more space to be a, I don't know, a, a normal filmmaker. Uh, because uh, I don't know. Uh, when I see a normal movie, when I see a, a, I don't know, I see Gone Girl by David Fincher, and I see the actors and the cameras are there, just pointed at them. So I feel this kind of envy because it was like, okay, shooting this thing was a normal thing <laughs> instead of what we do. For example, this, uh, I don't want to spoil uh. the plot, but we uh, we had this really, really long take, uh, which is the POV of the bad guy. In fact, the whole climax of the movie is told through the eyes of the bad guy. So a, lo- a really long sequence filled with revelations and twists and explosions and fire and so was made trying to uh, build this uh, long take that simulates the point of view of this character. And Sasha is there most of the times in front of the in front of camera. And there's a lot of different emotions at the same time. It's really intense. Uh, I, I think that the, the results are really exciting, but I wish I could shoot it in a normal way so, so you didn't have to suffer that much. <laughs> because I, I, know, I, know it was, I know it was really terrible for you. It was really... Um, Late in the night, it was so cold in Spain. That was November, I think. Yeah. Uh, you were, you were barefoot. And uh, almost it was naked. a real location, <laughs> uh, far from far from uh, from civilization. It was dirty and dark and I don't know and unfor- uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, I was trying to keep the uh, the mood in a good way, but uh, I don't know. It was so. I wish we didn't have to suffer every time we make a movie. Uh, but you know what? I think in the end that that sort of helped, anyways. Yeah. Because the elements that were surrounding us helped the performance in a strange way. Do you mean and, it helped you focus? No, it didn't. Actually, oh. it did quite the opposite. Okay. But I think yeah. you know, I I was pretty much almost naked. I was like in a paper thin bathrobe. Yeah. Sitting, fake tied to a chair, and it's freezing, and and we're in a giant warehouse. Um, oh, with only three walls. Yeah. We were only by three walls, um, not four. Yeah. So it was it was difficult, and I felt like oh, I'm not doing at the time. I felt like I I'm not doing as great as I could be because I'm focusing on not f- freezing my ass off and yeah. pretending like I'm tied, but I'm not tied. You know all of these things and and distractions. Um, but in the end, probably think, helped your performance. Yeah, it actually yeah. seemed to help. 
Because that's your character is under duress a lot of the time. Yeah. Right? So what yeah. if that was a real situation? Yeah. 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 You never complain. That that's something I I have to I have to say. You never, you never complain. You were always ready to make it. It was. I have to appreciate that. Oh, thanks. Because yeah, you're suffering so much in the inside. <laughs> I mean, as a filmmaker, you are, you are all the time like, you feel as yourself as if you were a bad guy somehow, <laughs> because you're pushing a lot of people, a lot of a lot of adults into uncomfortable situations. You know there's a villain instead of you because yeah. you're allowing this to happen. <laughs> I'm really the crazy one. Uh. And so now it's come it's come out. Uh what's uh. what's the process of once you're done with the movie and you have to go into the job of selling it? How's that been? How have been people uh what are people have been thinking about it, saying about it? Uh just what's the process also for you of just, you know, promoting it? Yeah, I spent the last year going to festivals and showing the movie in Spain and attending the press. Um, since this is not a big production uh, in terms of size, uh, basically uh, you don't have a um, you don't have Sasha and, and Elijah around as much as you like because you are in another country. So basically, uh, I've, yeah. I've done a lot of campaign just being myself, going here and there and doing special screenings with, with an audience and talking to them and so. Um, I kind of enjoy their reactions because um, uh, even the people who don't like the movie, they appreciate the level of craziness and the level of um, the level of mayhem you can find in all the sequences. So yes, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know, I like it. I like the fact that even people who don't like it are somehow appreciating the the kind of monster this movie is because yeah. it's a monster. <laughs> yeah, it had, well, I was actually um, in Russia a while back. Oh, what well, happened? Yeah, tell me about Russia. Yeah, it went really well, but it was strange. Like you said, it was me in Russia alone without you, the filmmaker, and without yeah. Elijah. It was just really, it was strange to do something so large and so fantastic alone. Yeah. <laughs> but... It went well, and that's what matters, I guess. What's that like? So Russia, you know, it's a very foreign country. You're there alone. How did they receive the movie? You know, what was the reception like? And the and just the whole experience. Uh, people seemed to love it. They were just excited, and and um, they're excited for Nacho, which is like really sad too that he wasn't there to oh. feel that and experience that. But um. There was a huge premiere, and they created this evening where they rented out a a venue, which is normally used for rock concerts. Mm -hmm. oh. And they organized the red carpet there, and then they set up, obviously it's not a, a traditional theater, so they set up beanbags on the floor. And then on the balcony, were the, that was the only place with actual seating. And... Um, they served people food and drinks, so it was mostly press at that screening, and people just loved it. It was a really different experience, and I was kind of afraid because, I mean, it's not I'm, it's not my film. I'm not the filmmaker, but I was still kind of afraid. Like, we're at a rock venue. How good is the picture yeah. going to be? How's the sound going to be? Is it going to be a bootleg style where you can't hear anything? And uh, I walked in, and it it actually sounded really good. The picture was really great, and... People loved it, so it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. My body's talking through my so through myself. 
Do, do you get a, a lot of massages in your life, Nacho? No, no, no. I know the kind of guy. I I'm the kind of guy that needs it because I feel like my my body's numb everywhere. But I don't have I don't have a I don't have a that kind of intelligence uh, that gives you the initiative to do the proper things every day in your life. So I'm the I'm the guy that, for example, if I have to write script, I'm not the guy that manages to find uh, the routine. You know what? Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, even if I even even writing the script, I forget about my daily basics. Uh, my my body goes to hell in many ways. Uh, I not yeah I don't take uh, I don't take care of myself enough. And you're a filmmaker who directs your own stuff. Yeah. Uh, what What is the process of for you as a writer uh, as you approach these ambitious ideas? And, I wish I had a process. Yeah. I wish. Uh, yeah. I, I really envy. I really envy the people who are able to. I don't know to write uh, three pages every day. I like. Okay. I like. Uh, I write eleven pages one day, and the next day I, I don't. I'm not able to write nothing. So that's hmm. the thing. Uh, maybe I haven't found the proper drug yet. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, the thing is, um, uh, when in dealing with uh, these kind of extreme crazy ideas, it's like at the beginning you are so enthusiastic from the most innocent point of view. It's, you're like a child. Okay, a movie in real time in front of a computer screen. Um, this is going to be amazing. Or let's make a... I know an alien invasion movie without aliens. Uh, everything seems so excited at the beginning. You're like a child. You're that innocent. And later, in the middle of a process, you're like, okay, why, why I'm not making a, I don't know, a romantic comedy or something normal? Why I'm, you have this kind of uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde syndrome all over you, all over the time. <laughs> Sometimes when I when I'm facing the hardest parts of the process, I'm just trying to i don't know understand why i'm why i'm like that so yes i have doubts all the time last night i saw this movie this documentary at beyond fest which is an amazing festival you have here in la yeah in the Houston theater i saw uh this movie called my life directed by nicholas winden reffen oh wow and it's a documentary made by his wife oh wow and you can see the whole uh the people are natural of the process. He's depressed in the morning. He's euphoric in the afternoon. He's again depressed in the night. So that happens all the time. What are you working on uh, uh, next? Do you get to start something immediately? or? I'm already writing. You know what? This massage thing is like a polygraph because I feel like I say the truth <laughs> all the time. I feel, I feel like if I was, uh, I don't know, in a normal circumstance, in a normal circumstance, I wouldn't get so personal and so confessional and so depressing. <laughs> I'm so sorry to the listeners because I'm getting so depressive. I don't know. I just wrote, I wrote this script, which is a a, a monster movie. It's a it's a monster movie, The King of Godzilla. It's gonna be an official Godzilla movie. Oh with wow! A, with a twist, yeah. It's going, it's going to have an important uh, feminist uh, element. In fact, it's going to be my first explicit feminist movie. Uh, and this time, uh, the big monster destroying Japan is going to be a female. Yes. Uh, a female yes. a female uh, kaiju? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yes. In fact, we don't know if Godzilla is a guy That's or awesome. a girl. 
Yeah. It's the thing with monsters and robots. Uh, if we don't know the genre, we, we assume they are men. Mm -hmm. and yeah. why? Why, why? Why do the Transformers have a genre? Have a, a sexual identity because they are all male, Transformers. Doesn't make sense if you are not a mammal, if you are a robot. <laughs> It doesn't make sense to be a man. So why is Optimus Prime a man? Why does he have a man's voice? <laughs> that is such they a should be great androgens, question. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there are female Transformers out there. Maybe there are one or two. It's like like the Smurfit. It doesn't make sense. No, yeah. it doesn't the make Smurfit? sense. Do you say that the way? Alien is like the only thing. Is alien a female? Yeah. Alien. It's the only thing I could think of where it's... You mean Alien, the, the movie from... Yeah. It's like the only monster I can think of where it's... There's a reason, but there's a reason. Yeah. That's you know, explained. But, but his head is a big dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's the dick, the little one that pops out when she screams? Yeah, he has like seven dicks in his whole anatomy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's still phallic. I love Alien. Have you heard about the last video game they, they have been developing? No. no. It's called Alien Insulation. And it's a video game. It's a, um, a first-person video game. It's a first... I'm sorry, it's a POV video game. And you're basically... You are uh, Lieutenant Ripley's sister. Huh. So you are going to the Nostromo looking for, for your mother. So basically, it's you against the monster in a big spaceship. It's not it's not about fighting against an army of aliens. It's fighting against just one. Huh. And it's, it's trying to keep the the style and the atmosphere of the first one, of the of Alien. Oh, cool. At all. It's like you can... Some people told me, some friends told me that it's like walking inside the Nostromo from the first movie. Hmm. They caught the, the atmosphere totally. It's out. The game is out now. Yeah, oh, cool. it's called Alien Isolation. Video oh. games have come so far. The atmospheres are my, or the best part about a video game is you can create something that is almost exciting as if going to like a massive haunted house where you have to walk around yeah. and really take in your environment. Video games can take you places that you know you just, movies can't. Uh, yeah, when it absolutely. comes to some of the greatest titles in the last few years, there was a great game called L.A. Noir, where oh. you were in 1920s, 30s L.A., and you were, it was like L.A. Confidential, but you were the detectives, and you, the whole city was just like, you know, retro and perfectly mapped out. Have you guys ever read a script for a video game? They're intense. It's, Which one? Have you ever looked at a script for a video game? They're like 500 pages, right? Oh, they can be more. Yeah, at yeah, least. No, 100 pages. No, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> like at least 500, sometimes 1,500. Oh. You've done some voice work on, on games, so tell us, Sasha. No, it's, it's crazy because when I I did a, a voice for Saints Row 3, and uh, I kept asking for the script. I'm like, guys, I want to start working on this. Guys, hey. Okay, yeah, we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you soon. And then they finally sent it, and they said, we're so sorry it took so long. And then it's it's like a foot of pages. <laughs> and I said, oh. oh, okay, don't be sorry. Now now I can see because <clears throat> there's so many different worlds and, and options you can choose, and that's why it's so complex. It's not a linear narrative whatsoever. But again, for me, for me the, the perfect video game is 
for example, Tetris, no, right? Yes, we all I agree. agree on that. Well, that, that I totally agree. That takes your mind and your brain back to it's that im- space of puzzle solving. It's impossible for a brain like mine to picture something like Tetris in my in my mind. How can you design something like Tetris so simple and so intricate at the same time? I think my my brain is doesn't has nothing to do with that. About two or three weeks ago, they uh, announced Tetris, the video game, uh, will be a movie, a major movie. Uh, what? This was a big announcement just a couple no. of weeks ago. Yeah. What? Uh, what? And they didn't uh, say how. They didn't say how or why. And you can say no, and that would come from a place where you're also thinking, oh, Yuichi looks horrible as well, but in Battleship. But at the same time, Lego Movie was so good. You have to give them some... How do you make a Tetris movie? Is that... That's what I said about yeah, the Lego but, movie. Yeah, but Lego, you can do anything. That's Lego, true. Legos it, are limitless. You can create a story and just design it. So that's my question, Nachos. How would you guys make a Tetris movie? Because I haven't been able to figure this out. Okay, this is about... Um, I don't know. The square is the bad guy, right? <laughs> and the... I don't know. The cross is the... Probably Savior. the main character. I don't know. And the... The long line is the I don't know, I don't know, man. I'm receiving an amazing massage, and you're making this complicated question. It's like (laughs) I don't know. I mean, aliens can visit, can surround Earth, and say, "All right, our invasion tactic is to throw blocks at you," and all the nations have to come together to figure out how to put these blocks down. But that makes sense because if those blocks made a line, they disappear. So it doesn't make sense as an invasion. It's true. It's like an absurd invasion. It's an absurd invasion. Yeah. What goes beyond what happens? Well, it maybe it's about what happens when you disappear. Where do you go? <laughs> the world's best Tetris players have to come together to keep a terrorist ISIS organization from their plan. Is to make you play Tetris, and if you lose, you die. It's like Saw, the Saw of Tetris. Saw of Tetris. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, you're right, my glutes. Is this my glutes you're in? It is. Oh. How do you like that? Well, you have to be careful in L.A. There are a lot of laws about the glute area. <laughs> you know? You can't expose, what's the word for? The gluteal cleft. The gluteal cleft has to stay covered. That's an Oregon law. Oh. I don't know if that's actually The gluteal clap? Like clapping? <laughs> like, are like you cleft Are you clapping with your ass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like like the cleft chin, you know? The cleft. Oh, oh. the dimple? Like the, the line in the middle of the chin, the cleft. The oh, butt. the cleft. Oh, okay. So it's a cleft in the butt. Got it. It's right where your tailbone ends, the little indentation. Okay, okay. Good. Where your butt so. starts. It's like, your sec- it's like your second taint. Is this, you know, there's the taint, which is between the uh, the organ and the The exit. perineum. Yeah. It's in between the urethra. Your taint. Get your taint out of my face. So the, get your taint out of my face. That's got to be a piece of dialogue somewhere. I'm so confused at this moment. I feel like I'm in the middle of a drink of the Agent Cooper. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Now, Nacho, you made the, the only thing that you've made that I have not seen uh, was a short film that you were uh, nominated for an Academy Award. 
Uh-huh. Uh, can, what was that uh, called? Uh, it's 7.35 in the morning. Yeah. Can you tell me about that just because I, how would I come across it? Uh, can I buy it on iTunes or? Oh, it's, it on, iTunes? it's on there. You can buy, uh, you can buy a digital copy of all the short films. Oh, cool. Uh, it's, yeah, it's already there. It's, uh, it's on BOD. Uh, I'll put a link on that. Draft House Films are distributing it digitally. So you can see all my short films in a in a row. Oh, nice. We'll put the links up on the, the podcast oh, thank you. site. <laughs> that, is the one, that, that short film is the most strange situation that happened to me ever. Because if you watch it, it's, I, think it's, it's, I think it's fine. It's a, it can be, I don't know, it can be funny at some point. It, it can be smart. But come on, being an Oscar nominee, that's totally crazy. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first short? No, no, well, it, was, it was my first short made in celluloid. Back in those days, yeah. making a celluloid short film was like being an adult mm-hmm. instead of filmmaking, in terms of filmmaking. Um, I don't know what's happening with my nose. It's like it's like yeah. I'm getting a cold or something. Oh, you're, you're leaking. Oh, leaking. <laughs> okay, so I'm Sick. leaking on the microphone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can see the sparks <laughs> coming up from it. So the, the thing is... Uh, I became an Oscar nominee from one day to the other. That was totally crazy because I never, I never, I never took it. Okay, I took it seriously, but I was pretty sure that I wasn't ever going to be to the Oscars again because that's not the kind of movies I make. That's not the kind of movies I wanna I wanna make. It's not my stuff is not related to the Oscar stuff. So yes, going to the Oscars was kind of a big, uh, strange accident, and I had a really good time. You know what? When you do it the red carpet, uh, there's a lot of people that is making sure that you're advancing all the time. That you don't you're not stopping in front of the uh, <laughs> journalist or you're not doing bullshit. So the people go there are helping to, uh, to people to reach the Kodak Theater and not stopping and this doesn't get slower. So and I was like, I did the whole red carpet thing, and right at the at the end. I didn't want to get inside the building. I didn't want to get inside the... I didn't want to get to, to go to the ceremony. I wanted to to stay in the red carpet because I, <laughs> knew, I knew in advance that was to be the most exciting thing at all. So I wanted to stay there for a while, maybe going back again and doing the whole thing from the very beginning. <laughs> like, a, like a ride at a theme park? And this guy, and this guy, yeah, yeah, like a, yeah, like a ride at a theme park. Because, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, this is DiCaprio, that is Scorsese, this is uh, Clint Eastwood, I don't know. I'm among these people for this moment. Uh, and the, the guard was like, okay, uh, don't stop, get inside the place. Uh, and I was looking at him and I was like, or what? Are you taking me to the Oscar jail or something? <laughs> Oscars jail. Are you, are you, <laughs> You're yeah. taking me to the Oscars jail. <laughs> to the Oscars jail, and, and maybe I don't. And are you going to expose me for this place? Or no? I'm gonna make the whole thing again. So I went to the beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's genius. Uh, oh god! Actually, it just reminded me um, when we were in Madrid, Nacho would show me these. Oh, sorry. It feels good. <clears throat> Nacho would show me these videos he edited and he puts them on YouTube and nobody knows they're yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> what kind of videos? Just, I don't know. I don't want to say because then people will start to search for them. But <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us one? Are we allowed to talk about one, Nacho, no. or would you rather it be a secret? 
uh, some some people are angry at one of my videos. Is a uh, is basically I put a Joy Division song to a different video clip and oh, I cool. edit so it matches. Uh, some people are really angry because okay, it's like Joy Division is kind of a religion to some people, and I love jo Joy Division. It's one of my favorite bands ever. But it's not a religion. It's not something you have to respect to the to the very end. So yeah, I made this kind of joke, uh, like putting this depressing Joy Division song with this uh, really happy uh, and cheesy video clip from Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hope you like it. Yeah. I'll give you the clip later. They're hilarious. Very That's... ironic. Very well edited, actually. A lot. Of, I, I've noticed a few filmmakers uh, like to to do this in, uh, in their spare time without really not letting anyone know. Recutting things. Have you been doing that for a while, or? I'm sorry. Have you been doing a lot of those videos, or is this sort of one of your hobbies, or? It was a part of my life in which it, where I had time to do that. Uh, uh, this moment in my life, when I have a chance to do nothing, I do my favorite hobby at this moment, which is uh, doing nothing. I love mm -hmm. to do nothing these days because I. Yeah, it's so tired most of the times. But back in those days, I wanted to practice my editing, my editing, uh, I don't know, my editing skills or whatever. That was a different time in my life, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought some, some things I'm doing in Spain recently is, uh, 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 I, I don't think I introduced you to this guy, Sasha. Uh, Joe Crepusculo? No. Ah, uh, but Joe Crepusculo is kind of a, if somehow he's a famous indie songwriter from Spain. Okay. He does electronic music and he's <clears throat> he plays songs with lyrics and everything. So he he does dance music, but there's always uh, there's always lyrics. So it's it's a real song, but you can dance to it. Oh, cool! And he's doing a tour, and I was making the curves for this guy on the stage. You're making the what for him? The, the curves, the curves. Curse. Curse. Uh, course. The course. The course. I'm sorry. The course. Oh no! Yeah, I remember. Actually, yeah. no, I completely forgot about that. And it, you guys were playing like two days after I left Spain. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And so he's on tour now as well. He's doing the tour in Spain. I'm gonna join the tour as soon as I go back. You're gonna join? Yeah, yeah. I, I yes. Been, yeah, I enjoyed every time I'm able to sing with him. I'm, I'm with him all the time. How fun! But I don't announce my presence with my name. Yeah. So, yes, I'm doing, basically, I joined the course with him, and I'm dancing all the time on the stage. Yes. Not many people know that it's the same guy that makes movies, so it's funny that some people realize it's at the end. Oh, this is great. That is amazing, yeah. Because I think if you make movies, there's a danger in your life. Uh, maybe you don't realize that your whole life is... A part of uh, your strategy as a filmmaker. I know people who make movies who are, I don't know, uh, all the relationships they have is are related to the movie industry. Right. All the books they read is because uh, they can buy the rights. Right. All the music they hear is because they can buy the songs for the movies and so. It's like everything has to do with your strategy in life. Uh, but I think that half of your life... Uh, to say the least, half of your life has to be dancers. Yeah, I agree. That's that's words I live by. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because otherwise, what are you talking about in your movies if you're not living yeah, apart exactly. from making movies? Yeah. You're stuck inside a box in Sacri a formulated sacrificing bubble. Sacrificing your life, yeah. And you, and you never know what you might find that can inspire you 
yeah, to create the next thing. If you stay stuck inside of a formula, it's never guaranteed to work anyways. I have yeah. a friend who's a very good, uh, very, very, very good uh, filmmaker who noticed he was doing that and uh, and he decided to take two months and just hitchhike across America. Oh, amazing. And he just wow. Spent, and, he, and he said when he got back, he felt like he just had pressed the reset button. You know, he was back to being a yeah. human being again. And then, you know, go back to working just enough. That would be hard not to want to film that, though. I know, I know. exactly. <laughs> but the whole point was, like, live a real life. This isn't for work, you know? Yeah. No, I've been trying to really get a hold of that and give myself that time for nonsense, as you say, the past few years. And it has changed my life, definitely. Yeah. So is there anything besides that's not in speaking of real life? Let's stop talking about movies. What's what's uh, what's bothering people in their lives? What can we help you work out? Sasha, you got anything bothering you? Bothered. Besides Los Angeles? No, it's just L.A., man. It's just L.A. And speaking of nonsense, I'm trying. Uh, I just feel like so much of my time is wasted literally in the car. And I know it's such a cliche to say that. So now I'm trying to find time and make time to take like one or two days and get outside of LA because California is huge. We're close to Mexico. Yeah. Um, we're close to so many great things and, and so much nature and so many things you could do and explore. And it doesn't take a lot of time um, to travel or get there. A lot of these places you can go to by car or two hour flight. So I'm trying to get out of LA more and, and, just take moments, moments for me, uh, so I don't feel stuck here. What's your biggest problem these days, Nacho? My biggest problem? Trying to focus on the conversation while having this massage. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. You know, I'm, uh, my biggest problem, I, I, can't, I, I can't tolerate myself talking about problems at this moment. Because uh, I don't know, I made three movies. I'm facing my fourth one. I I occupied all the time, and every time I should be doing something else. And every time I should be writing. Every time I should be. Uh, I feel like I need to work all the time because I have so many things going on at the same time. I'm licking my nose, man. Uh, <laughs> but I I shouldn't complain. I shouldn't complain at all. I I I forbid myself to complain. Because I'm a privilege, uh, I have and I have a privileged life. Um, maybe from uh, I don't know from my deepest intimacy, uh, there's something that doesn't work back there, but it's nothing serious. I have too many friends that don't have money, don't have money, don't have work. Uh, people who are looking for a job in Spain, uh, people trying to make movies and they can't. Uh, it's such a common situation. I can't. I not. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not going to complain at all about anything. It's, nothing comes to my mind. The ultimate optimist. I like that. It's encouraging. I I feel like, for example, I feel like. I feel like I have less hair in my in my head. Okay, it's like my hair is falling down. But I have this suspicion. I feel like it's not that my hair is falling down. It's like my head is getting bigger. <laughs> so every time there's more space between my hairs. 
<laughs> yeah, my head. I had feeling that my head is getting bigger. It's, it's I promise that. Uh, just checking my head when I we, we go back to real we'll life. Checking my head, it's, it's so big, man. I don't know why. We'll start measuring it every time we see you. Alien brain. <laughs> yeah, dick face. <laughs> A dick head. Yeah. <laughs> dick face. Hey, dick face. How's it going? Uh, a dick head, but more or less. I love Alien. That's an amazing movie. What were some of the most inspir- like the movies that inspired you the most as a storyteller? What were like mine? Some of my favorite movies are Back to the Future, you know, uh, being John Malkovich. What movies sort of helped get you really in love? Fo- help Have you fall in love sure. with cinema? You know what? I yeah. Uh, you know what? I've been sniffing tobacco this morning. Tobacco. To- yeah, yeah, it's enough. It's called enough. Oh, Tomacco is from the Simpsons. Okay, yeah. You know, Snuff, uh, this is a Victorian thing. This friend from Beyond Face, they gave me a, a box of Snuff. Okay. So, uh, um, I never smoked tobacco. I don't smoke. Uh, but I don't know. This morning I've been trying to sniff in the tobacco. Uh, and now my leaks from the nose are totally black. Uh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So, what was your question? Ah, my favorite movie. <laughs> you know, one of... Uh, uh, Four nights ago, I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at Beyond oh. Fest. The original or the new one? The or? original. They made a new DCP of the original. They made a, this 4K restoration. Oh, and wow. it looks better than ever. And I love that movie because when it was screened in Spain for the first time, not, not a screen, but uh, when they show it on television in Spain, I was like, I don't know, maybe it was 10 or 11 years. And I wanted to see so bad. Uh, on TV, and I was with my mommy and my and my father. They were the three of us watching the beginning. When you see the the words uh, 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 told by John LaRoquette, you know what the the text at the beginning that says, "In 1978, a group of young people were killed in this horrible way." Blah blah blah. Feels like like the news. So I was so excited because that beginning is like is like telling to your brain, okay, this movie is gonna be horrible. But my parents, <laughs> they were like, okay, go to bed, you're not going to watch this movie. And they were like, please, please, I want to go to bed right now. And I went to to the bed, and those words at the beginning of the movie were I don't know were in my in my brain for the rest of the night, couldn't sleep, and I was picturing the horrors in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie in my brain was much brutal than the actual movie. <laughs> so, but I was convinced. I was convinced that the things in my brain that there was the real stuff in the movie somehow. So that horrible movie that I picture is one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the real movie, the, the whole thing, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is a masterpiece. Bold words. Yeah, it's a, it's a big masterpiece. You know, uh, they screened Halloween. Yes. No. Three nights ago. And you know what? Uh, George Carpenter was there. No. And Jamie Lee Curtis was there. No. Do you know what John Carpenter said at the screening? What? He's going to release an album of all the unused theme songs he's written over the years. Oh, that's cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm so because he wrote, you know, he wrote Halloween's theme song. He's, yeah. He does a lot of he his own music. He composes all of his music. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's going to be releasing a lot of the unused stuff, which <laughs> I'm really excited to hear. Wow. This guy from the audience, uh, he asked to Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, what was, 
what was she wearing this Halloween? <laughs> what was her costume this Halloween? And she said, boy, I am Halloween. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. She's Halloween, yeah. I am Halloween. Well, I'm sure that film will screen like four or five more times in L.A. this throughout the month. Unfortunately, not with the two of them there. Ah. Anyone uh, know what they're going to... Nacho, do you have Halloween in Spain? Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like an imitation, like a vague imitation of what you have here, because so Halloween is an American thing. Yeah, has be, has been becoming a thing for the last ten years or so. Ten years ago, Halloween was something you saw in the movies. We didn't have the actual Halloween the way you know it. In fact, Halloween in Spain has a is a Christian tradition. It's, it's called the Day of All Saints. Mm. Like in Mexico, right? Yeah. So it doesn't involve uh, any of the cool things. It's just a religious thing. You People go to church and that's all, basically. So you don't dress up as your favorite monster or character? Yeah, some years I did it. Uh, most people that most, most people do it because it's a cultural thing now. Mm-hmm. We imitate USA in Halloween. Uh, it's funny because the Catholic, the hardcore Catholic people they hate Halloween as a as a costume party. Oh, I bet. Because for them, it's disrespectful. It's like... In fact, they relate like, Halloween as an American thing to the Satanism. <laughs> so for, for these people, for the true hardcore Christians in Spain, uh, going uh, dressed in Halloween, it goes against God. It's a Satanist thing, which makes it much more cool, you know? Mm-hmm. I always wondered why Santa Claus uh, didn't get the same treatment because, you know, such a, you know, universal image and and definitely one that has a lot of economic reasoning behind it, like Halloween does. But, you know, no one ever complains that he's taking away all of Jesus's attention. You ever notice that? Yeah. Especially in a Puritan country like America where, like, you know, Jesus is international. I mean, I just don't understand why... The Pope doesn't say F Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus, yeah. Santa Claus is kind of like God. Church people, church people. The white bearded, you know, guy in the sky. That's why I prayed to you for presents. In Spain, uh, Catholic people in Spain is also angry at uh, Santa Claus. They think it's also a satanic thing. They call it Satan Claus. Satan Claus. Oh, it's a joke. It's a really bad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Satan Claus. I was in, uh, speaking of the Pope, I, I got to go to the Vatican for the first time oh, really? of my adult life. I mean, I, I was taken when I was a baby, but that doesn't count to me. Oh. Uh, but I got to go recently, and uh, I'm very proud to say I've smoked weed at the Vatican. <laughs> oh, my God. I smoked, yeah. I smoked a joint outside the Sistine Chapel. Whoa. <laughs> I really was really happy to do that. I would love to see And then you. I was really high inside the Sistine Chapel. Oh, uh, you go to the Vatican with a... Uh, and you smoke uh, some weed? Mm-hmm. Maybe they can kill you. A sniper can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we were very careful. I was with, I was with uh, a friend, and we were really, really careful not to get caught. But we yeah. also, you know, people would walk by and give us the stare, like, we know what you're doing. <laughs> but then we were like high fiving each other for smoking a joint at the Vatican. Yeah, and then I would love to. S- yeah, I would love to see what 
I also did it at the Coliseum. I also smoked at the Coliseum. Yeah. In the smoker section, I just lit up a joint. But this time you wear a, a bucket of 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 uh, animal blood, <laughs> so you can pay, you can paint a pentagram in the floor. <laughs> next time I should totally. Why did you do that? Paint what, what, a pentagram what in the floor of the rat. That's Borat's next movie right there. Yeah, <laughs> and you are dressed like Santa Claus, so you. <laughs> yes. On Halloween. I am. You're, you're gonna be Halloween if you do that. I'll be Satan Claus for Halloween if I can come up with a really good hybrid costume. Do you know what you're doing for Halloween, Sasha? What are you going to dress up as? Uh, well, our friend Diego is coming to town, so he said um, he invited us to a concert. So oh. he said everybody is dressing up like Tim Burton characters. Mm. So I don't really know who. Like characters from different Tim Burton movies. Oh. So it's going to be a group of people. And he said, if you want, everybody's dressing up as a character from a Tim Burton film. Um, and everyone always does Nightmare Before Christmas. So I don't, I kind of don't want to do that. Uh, so I'll have to think of another movie. And that's going to be early, though, because it's a, it's a concert. So that will end early. And then I'm sure the night will end with me harassing you and trying to convince you to come out. I'll be out. <laughs> you know what's plans? my favorite well, costume? Well, last time I asked you, you didn't have plans. A costume I made, uh, I had a couple of times, which is my favorite costume. It's pretty cheap and it's pretty shocking. And it's a <laughs> Superman with a knife. Superman with a knife. Superman with a knife. Uh, come on, so you're dressed like Superman and you wear a big knife in your hand. It's scary and funny at the same time because I don't know who. Why is Superman man. wearing a knife? Yeah, that's funny. I like that. Yeah. I, I like to, to mix ideas together, mash them up. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about, there was a TV show uh, that was very popular this year called True Detective, Nacho. Were you able to see this? Yeah, I don't. I don't like True Detective that much. But I, I do you know the Yellow King? Oh, Yellow King, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of doing that, but I don't know if I could really do it because yeah, no, a, you'd have no, to walk people around. is not going to get it, right? Yeah, no one's gonna get the Yellow King. You know, just too simple. You can get dressed as Matthew McConaughey with the with the mustache and the cowboy hat and the cowboy hat. No, not the cowboy hat. The uh, the uh, the ponytail. Oh, oh yeah, Russ Cole. Ponytail and the moustache and the accent. And the coffee mug. Yeah, so. yeah. You know what? I miss kids' costumes. I miss being Dracula. I miss being a ninja. I miss, yes, all my costumes are boys' costumes. Um, <laughs> I miss those costumes. Yeah, we have to, there's a tradition we have to kill as a generation. We have a duty. Uh, we have a mission as... Uh, I don't know, as a whole generation, we have to destroy the tradition of the sexy costumes. Yeah. I agree. I hate you do that. that. Any night of the year. I hate that. Yeah, hate why it. Why Halloween? Why do you have to wear the cheapest, worst lingerie? I am sorry. <laughs> I once built, speaking of Superman, when I was like seven or eight, I spent a whole month hand sewing a Superman costume and I made my own oh my God. and then it was time to go and my mom made me put on a winter coat and this is how Jewish people lived in 
New York. You'd, you'd be really excited for Halloween, and then your mom would make you put on a winter coat. <laughs> and you'd have to trick-or-treat with your costume hidden <laughs> That's the whole sucks. night. Yeah. That totally sucks. Oh, yeah, I guess it... One or two uh, houses, you could take the jacket off, but then it went straight back on. Mm-mm. Sorry, David. Being a kid is tough. <laughs> it's crazy to me, though, now. I start, I, you know, I see kids trick-or-treating at 5 p.m. now. Well, yeah. You know, when it's daylight. Kids. And it seems so boring. Like, it's Halloween, people. Let your kids out in the dark for one night. That's your job and responsibility as a parent, to be there with them anyways. Yeah. We have this joke in Spain. I hope it works in English. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going, I'm going to. I'm going to try, right? Uh, is this guy is, is goes to a, to a Halloween party, and he's totally naked. He's only wearing a bucket of, of, um, a bucket of red um, paint in one, in one hand. And a brush in the other. <laughs> so these people are like, okay, w- which is your costume? Where are you? Uh, what is your costume about? Uh, who are you trying to look like? And he is putting the brush inside the bucket of paint, and he paints these people's faces, and he says, "I'm a motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy this works in English. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I can, I mean, I, I, yeah, I could maybe just slap people every time they ask me, like, I'm the slapper. I'm the slapper, yeah. <laughs> just start masturbating. Oh. I'm a pervert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy that's going to jail. I'm but the that guy is not going a... to jail tonight. <laughs> I'm the pervert, but that is not a costume. That is the real you. Yeah. <laughs> every other day is a costume. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, my, my dog died a few weeks ago. Aww. So maybe I'll dress up as my dog just to make my friends feel really awkward. Oh. Because I had a re- it was a really, you know, it was sad, but I had a really good friend, uh, a foundation of friends there for me, Sasha included. And, and we uh, we all said goodbye, and it was a very beautiful thing. It wasn't as, it wasn't as sad as, it, as most people would think. We all said goodbye, but... It was definitely an intense thing, and I think if I dressed up as my dead dog, I could literally just, all my friends, it, it would bring scary back to Halloween. They'd all feel really creeped out. Maybe that, I'll just, like, walk around with his ashes. No, now you're a pervert. Yeah, that's man. creepy. Is it? How can you, how can you dress as your dead dog? <laughs> <laughs> how, how is, I because skinned I, him, uh, I skinned him, and I've been saving it. Uh, you did? No, I'm not skin my dog. Wow. But uh, it was a big dog. <laughs> it was a big dog. Relax yeah. the head. Can you cover your or your body with with his skin? You know, when I try to. I, I squeeze up into a ball and I see if it fits. But you're like a cheap leather face. <laughs> <laughs> cheap leather face. <laughs> <laughs> Furry face. Mm-hmm. So Nacho, uh, your movie Open Windows is out now. Yeah. It's pretty much everywhere. If anyone has access to digital contents uh, uh, or the theaters, are we saying goodbye? Yeah, we're saying goodbye. Do you mean this doesn't last forever? No, this doesn't last forever. Oh. But uh, so people should check out Open Windows. And uh, how, how do people follow you as a person? Are you on Twitter or Facebook? On Twitter, yeah. Bigalondo, my, my surname. Bigalondo. At Bigalondo. Yeah. At Bigalondo. On Nacho Twitter. is a notorious tweeter. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're at Deep Tissues on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and deeptissuespodcast.com. And Cool. Sasha Gray, you're at all those things. Yes, I am. At Sasha Gray, Sasha all those places. 
uh, I'm at David Guy Levy. Nacho, thank you, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, I should you. say thank you, man. This is amazing. Oh. Make sure you drink a lot of water. Stay hydrated. So I have this brilliant idea. What about this massage thing, but without the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool.